0: Hey, y'all, if you're enjoying this podcast, take two seconds, send it to five friends. Um, some of the top episodes would be the Self-Confidence, Masculinity, and the Byron Rogers podcast if you want to send uh, some of the top ones to them, Otherwise, just take 30 seconds and review it on whatever podcast uh, application you use, whether it be Spotify, YouTube, Google, iTunes, Amazon, any of them. Thank you. Last but not least, today's podcast is brought to you by A3 Body Protectant. A3 was designed when Martin noticed that Hawaiian surfers who spend their entire lives in the sun had radiant, healthy skin. After plenty of awkward questions about how seriously they take their skin care, he learned the secrets. Hawaii's best secret is now available at A3equip.com. That's a 3 A3 is a truly natural cream that can be used as a skin lotion, a lip balm, a hair conditioner. Honestly, anywhere you want to keep moist and healthy. Get yours today at A3EQUIP.com. Proceed with
1: caution. All doctors to the ER.
0: Do these guys have any
2: idea what they are talking about? Talking about? Talking about... Squared away. Spiritual.
3: Get squared away.
2: Emotional.
3: Get squared away.
2: Mental.
3: Get squared away.
2: Physical.
3: The podcast that'll help you get squared away.
0: Alright, we're back. Episode 110. I said something the other day. Guy's like, I heard you got a podcast. Been doing it for a little bit? I'm like, yeah. And I started thinking about it. I'm like, We're in episode 110. That means we've been doing this for more than two years. Really? We do one a week, right? Simple math says we've been doing it for over two years. I guess so. Congratulations to us. Remember when we were like, most people stop before episode 10. (laughs) I remember that. It's like a perfect example of like, just keep keep grinding. Now, you know, we're going to hit the 10,000 download mark here pretty soon. Um, So that'll be nice, but. I'd like to get it at up to 10,000 downloads per episode. That'd be pretty sweet. Well, that'd be cool. Hit hit as many people as we can. Um, What do we got in the news lately? We should probably cover some news quick. Um, Congressman George Santos arrested on fraud and money laundering. That's no surprise. Um, Anything big going on with uh, foreign relations? Anything you've seen lately?
3: Uh, The BRICS formation is, you know, steadily uh, gaining traction. Um, U.S. dollars, reserve currency is, I think it's going to be, it's inevitable. Dollar is going to be nothing. So it sets everything up for CBDC, which South Dakota and Florida have put legislation in thanks to uh, Governor Gnomes and Governor DeSantis that are not going to allow that to happen in their state.
2: Okay. Um
3: biggest thing that I've been rolling on the last uh week and a half is the um, uh, uh the traffickers the child porn that garbage that's been happening I think in the operational uh community that's been huge or to a point where it's just you know you put one away and a hundred more pop up, yeah, and just some of the sick sick stuff that I've heard, so operated what I'm Explaining is a lot of operators are teaming up with uh, hackers. There's some super hackers out there right now that um, are going online because that's where a lot of this stuff is
0: that's where most of it is, is happening. It, yeah, not most of it, but uh, that's where it's the, the majority of it is happening now because it's anonymous.
3: Yeah, and just uh, to put something in perspective is when a, a child hits, like let's say a chat room, um, right now they're saying they're getting, the hackers are seeing hits of like 7,000, you know, dirty adults hitting that chat room as well trying to solicit that kid
0: Where, like so i guess this isn't a, like a how-to but like where the fuck where are chat rooms even anymore i don't know you know what i mean like when we were that was like the only thing that was the only way you could talk to other people when we were the internet was first developing in you know the 90s and early 2000s but now it's like where's where is a chat room yeah You know, because I I watch, you know, my daughter plays some games that have, like, some chatting, but it's only, like, selective chat. So, you can only answer multiple choice of what you can say back.
3: Yeah, I don't know if it's social media, you know, part of the chat groups, part of these, you know, maybe kids join a group and that's a perfect place for, you know, adults to go in and try to harvest kids. But you're seeing a lot where, yeah, these you know, these fucking perverts, you know, get it to a point where they either want to meet the child. I mean, one guy last week was, uh, was caught, you know, thank God, you know, through the cyber hackers, basically bringing a blanket and some condoms meeting, you know, some 12 year old gal in a park somewhere. So, uh, just protect yourselves. I mean, I got a call, you know, I'm, Somewhat discreet, but you know, I'm to a point where I just don't fucking care is that you know, last week I got a call and Cottage Grove, which is a city that's uh um right close to us, there's a oh no, that was that was a different call. So this is another one. <laughs> this this other one I think uh was posted through social media where there's an unmarked vehicle. So you see a lot of cars right now driving with like no plates on. Yep. No templates. Yep. And there's A um, Yukon Denali, a gold color, driving, must have seen a gal that was in a driveway and was waiting for the mother to hop in the car. They hop in the car, going to drive somewhere, but this Denali was following them around town to a point where they finally went to a public spot, a public restaurant, BB Jack's, and stayed there waiting for help, and this vehicle basically was just hanging there waiting for them and they even gotten, you know, a picture of this dude. So that's, that's one thing that's happened in our local area. But other than that, um,
0: I got another one for you here too. Um, got a call last week from a friend of mine who's his, the, 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 girl that cuts his hair does a lot of the Janesville and Milton police. And she always asked him like what, you know, tell me the most interesting story from your last, you know, since the last time I cut your hair. And one guy said, um, and he was a, he was a, a dog cop, right? Air canine unit. And he said, I was checking out a suspicious vehicle in a, in a park it had like the door was half open and there was a bunch of stuff on the ground and I was checking out the vehicle and I had my dog get out and sniff around the vehicle. And, um, there was, the dog didn't mark on anything on the vehicle, but the dog started pulling towards the woods and, uh. I had to get back to the car because I had to call in that there was, you know, nothing suspicious in the vehicle. And when I got back to the car, the dog kept pulling towards the woods. So I made my call and then followed the dog into the woods. And there was a um, Amazon delivery driver who had marked a little girl in a driveway when he was delivering packages and then came back in his own car after he was done delivering packages and had taken this 11 year old girl. And, um, had her in the woods and he, they, they, he got to there on time, uh, um, before anything awful happened, but that's within a hundred miles of us. Oh yeah. And you think about that, like how many people drive by your house? How many people between FedEx and UPS and mail and Amazon and Amazon people are making, you know, it's, it's no knock on Amazon, but these people are making, you know, 15, 20 bucks an hour. You're not getting the, you know, the best members of, of society that are delivering your Amazon packages. Oh, yeah. And that right there is a perfect, it's a perfect way to go about scoping out areas.
3: Yep. Yeah, because these people, they just don't just show up somewhere. You know, they do a little bit of homework. They know where they are. Um, but, the, yeah, the actual call I got last week was basically one of multiple calls that are in neighborhoods in our neighboring city, Madison, Basically there's a lot of either I don't want to say they're deadbeat moms or, you know, whatnot, but you're talking single families, right? Which the whole family nucleus is gone. The the mom's working all day and these are just poor areas. Just shitty, shitty areas. And these kids come home from school, get off a bus, and they go into these apartments by themselves. Well, they're pulling a lot of kids from that area because one, there's there's no blowback. The, the parents are either, you know, drunk or, you know, just not aware of anything. And at a point, I, they might not even care. So it's it's rampant.
0: Um, have you seen the video of the child molester that they let him out a month early or two in agreement with him basically going on camera and explaining exactly how... Everything was done, um. No, and I don't, don't know bet. if those I don't know if those specifics are right. But guys, YouTube, check out this video if you can find it on YouTube. Um, otherwise, I'll try to post a link to it. I, I've seen it go around a few times, but yeah. this guy breaks down exactly um what he looks for, and if there is a, a strong male presence in the household, he doesn't keep going. Yeah, he doesn't keep pushing. Yeah. If there is, if they're a faithful family, right? If there's a lot of faith in the family, um, he doesn't keep going. Uh, it's, it's all of these specific things that he, that he looks for that he targets and then specific things that he stays away from. Um, because he looks for, for kids who are, who are quiet kids who are are keep to themselves kids who, you know, can keep a secret. And, and it's all this, this ridiculous, you know, targeting that happens. And, a lot of it has to do with a, a weak family structure and um, a weak community. Even if you're if even if you're if you're a single mom or a single dad, but you're in a you're in a strong community situation where you have a lot of friends that are part of your family and and, and are always at the house, and you have a really good bond with a with a group of people that is your tribe. There you go, I got it in. Jeez, um, I got it in early today too. in a row. Yep. Um, <laughs> if you have a if you have that that is going to make up for a lot of the losses that come from not having two parents, right? It doesn't need to, the reason that we say two parents and the reason that we say nuclear family is because that is, that's the general term. It doesn't mean that that's the only way to do this, right? Yeah. There's a lot of different ways to do this, right? But it has to do with making sure that there's a lot of positive influence and a lot of oversight.
3: Yeah. I mean, if, if the child is a stable foundation that's, you know, given by the influence of their, whether it's family, whether it's friends, because sometimes there's some you know kids that have a really good foundation from their grandparents. They're staying with their grandparents, right? Or you know, great foster homes. So, yeah, definitely not saying that you know single parenting is is bad because I'm a single parent. So
0: yeah, and parenting is an interesting thing, right? So we went we went through um we went through some stuff this week at, at my house and um. Not, not arguing how many daughters I have? When your kids... Shut up. <laughs> I swore to God you had an older one. Swore to God you had an older one. I bet. I made a bet. I lost the bet. Oh, you made a bet? Oh, yeah, for sure. Definitely lost oh, the bet. Oh,
3: my gosh. Yep. I hope it wasn't a big
0: payout. Um, I mean,
2: it'll be a big payout if you know what I mean. Um, but your kids, just like you, and we're going to talk
0: about this today, your kids are going to fail. And when your kids fail, that is not you failing, how you handle that failure and how you move forward with that failure and how you help them learn from that failure. That's what makes you a good parent. It's not your kids are going to fail. You fail. We all fail. We fuck up. Yeah. And we went through that this week. Just some, you know, nothing life changing, but just some some personal family stuff and um you know we had to have that that talk with my daughter that it's like okay you fucked up now what do we do how do we move forward what lessons are there to learn in this how do we engineer our lives so that we don't get to this point ever again um and 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 we're going to get in we're going to get into that today with failure which we've talked about failure um in the past but it's been a while and i think that there is a lot to learn and it could be something as big as a life-changing moment but it could be something as small as all right this hat i got on right this this it's a blue magpul hat with a red magpul patch on it and i've been looking for this hat just this one you can get all the other colors and i've been looking for this color for fucking probably six months i like Mm. the i like the american flag colors it's a good looking hat right and my wife finally found it and ordered it from me, me from an indiv- an independent seller on Amazon, right? Oh, really? So it's not from Magpul. It's from <laughs> it's from a company and I should give them I should give them a shout out. Um fuck. I can't even remember the name of the company, but I'll give them a shout out here before the end of the podcast. Oh okay. Um they just had inventory or what? They had they had inventory, yeah. right? But but it comes and it's got a Richardson 112 sticker on it. It's a Richardson hat and it's got Richardson tags, right? What does that mean to our listeners? So all the Magpul hats that I've ever seen or owned are on Magpul hats. They have Magpul inner tags, right? And so I instantly assume that this is a knockoff. A knockoff. Yeah. Right. Which happens on Amazon all the time. So I get on. I get on Amazon and I write and I write the the company, um, and I write the company and I said, you know, I sent pictures. I said, this hat has no Magpul markings. It's on a Richardson 112 hat. Um, it's a, you know, it's, I, I didn't say knock. It's a counterfeit, right? And uh, a while later, the guy writes me back, you know, maybe two, two days later, he writes me back and he's like, sorry, that's, that's what we got from Magpul this time. And I was like, well, this guy's just covering his ass, right? I'm assuming that he's just full of shit. Uh-oh. And uh, so I wrote Magpul. And I wrote their customer service and I was like, Hey, I was like, I got this hat sent to me. I ordered it off Amazon. I'm assuming that it's someone counterfeiting your goods or selling counterfeit goods. Can you verify? And the lady writes back, yeah, that doesn't seem like a Magpul hat, but let me send this over to soft goods. And I get a message back from soft or, and then she asked for more pictures. I get a message back from soft goods that now they use Richardson One Twelve hats. Well, so I was wrong. But you know yeah. what I did? I didn't just ignore it. I fucking got back on that chat and I told the guy, hey, I need to apologize. I had no idea. I've never seen this before. Assumably, they're just doing this to save some money. Yeah. Um, but I wanted to reach out and just say, um, I'm sorry for for accusing you of that. And it was great. He was like, hey, I've never had a customer actually reach out and apologize when they were wrong. You know, That's cool. If you never need anything, let me know. And it was, it, was, it was a cool interaction. But like, I fucked up. Yeah. I did and i admitted it and that's that's part of failing is like the first part of failing is like
2: can you fix it you know yep what can be
0: done think of our failures that we've had in life you know fuck i've had a lot of them
3: but yeah and can you call them failures i don't know did you hear the the latest uh you know when the bucks uh lost i got <laughs> knocked out of the playoffs. Giannis uh I can't even pronounce his last name. G Akotempo whatever. Yep yep. Echo yep. Tempo Tempo. And super guy. He's been like a um probably a bright spot in the NBA through all this, you know, woke shit and yep, all that. So yep. guys from Greece. He's the Greek freak. Um but they, they lost season. He gets behind the podium and right away this is uh, this, I think the second year in a row he was asked the same question is, uh, do you think the whole season was a failure? <laughs> and then his response was, you know, uh, so to all these other teams that didn't, you know, make it to the playoffs, does that mean their whole season was a failure? Yeah. And they didn't really have an answer to that. And then he keeps going on. And it's like, you know, Michael Jordan played 15 years. He won six rings. So does that mean he nine seasons were a failure? So I was like, wow, that's 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 pretty good, you know? And if people can get that in their head, it's like, yeah, does that mean if you fail once, does that mean everything you've done was a failure? You know, um, if you're not successful right off your first job, does that mean all your other jobs have been, you know, that job's a failure? No, it's just, it's a, it's a stepping stone. It's like my, my oldest son is switching jobs, not Amazon. And, uh, you know, I know he's he's got a little bit of grief for where he's going, but you know, I think uh I'll be talking to him in a couple of weeks here. Just I'll tell him it's it's just a stepping stone. I don't yeah. want to say on what the company is. I'll tell yeah, you no, after no, no, I'll no, say Yep, nope, you're good. <laughs> but but yeah, it's you know, I always tell people is it's we've talked about it before in this podcast, that when you focus on the failure instead of the lesson that's learned. You're driving a car looking at your rearview mirror. And what's going to happen is you're either going to crash or that car is going to go nowhere. You know, when you focus on what, what you've learned from that failure and move on, is that's when you're looking at the windshield. That's when you can keep moving forward. You know, it's a lot with relationships. People that are hung up on past hurts and can't get past that and don't work to get past that, you know, they, they never go anywhere. They're just miserable for the rest of their lives.
0: It's funny you bring up relationships because um I I feel I feel awful for my kids. Like my kids have to be so sick of just my like you know self-improvement podcasty dad talk. Like oh, they have to be you so give so it fucking to them all the time. It. And it's not even <laughs> so I'm, I'm I'll I'll give you the story and this is what I mean. Like this it's just it's funny. It's it's just it's me. It's it's how I it's how I live, it's how I talk. Um but my daughter is eleven, and she's having a fake wedding to a stuffed animal today. Like this is just something her and my wife put together. It was gonna be. It was, it's funny, right? They're like they're putting nope. together they're putting together a wedding, and she's the princess, and she's marrying the 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 knight that won the battle, and it's 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 a, it's a game, right? It's 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 story time. So but, you
3: get a mannequin in or something? No. Nope,
0: so it's a stuffed animal. It's a it's a it's a squishmallow. <laughs> right? You know, those big squishy, it looks like a pillow, but it's got a, an animal face on it. Oh, and its I know that. Yeah. They're super comfortable. They're great. Like yeah. I might get one to sleep with just cause they're so comfortable, but yeah. So it's a squish model. And she's like, here, uh, get to know your, your new son-in-law. And so I'm sitting there. Yeah. And so I'm sitting there on the couch and I'm, and I'm, you know, pretending to talk to this, to this stuffed animal. And, uh, I'm like, I go, I go, do you have a growth mindset? Because growth mindset is very important with both people. It, to have the best relationship. She said that. No, I said that oh, to the you stuffed said animal. That, oh my God. I said that to the stuffed animal. all I'm thinking eyes. all I'm thinking in my head is, God, my kids have to hate listening to me talk sometimes. Oh man. Um Twin Port Munitions was the company that that sold me the hat. So I just want to give them a shout out because legit dudes, uh taking care of hmm. taking care of business and you know, kept their cool and wrote me back, didn't call me an asshole and and I, you know, followed up and and let them know that there was that 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 I was wrong. Um but as far back to failure, um failure failure is still failure, right? Like they failed to win that game. The Bucks failed to win that game to keep going. Yeah. But failure is not the end. Failure is not Falling off the cliff to your death. Well, I guess that would be, we could probably consider that one a failure. You're not going to learn from that one. But that's that's really the only the only ending, end all failure, right? Is something that you can't come back from. Other than that, failure is a lesson learner. And I think about this like, you know, if you're religious, it's God. If you're spiritual, it's the universe. If you are atheist, it's life. However you want to look at it life, God, universe, they all have lessons that they want to teach you that you will learn. This is not an option. And it's kind of like when somebody walks up to your door, right? And they walk and I know everybody's got these stupid ring doorbells. So ignore that with my, with my example here, but you walk up to the door and you don't know where the people are at in the house, right? You don't are they, are they were standing right there? So you, you give them a, you know, a little mm-hmm. knock, a little light knock. And and this is your first le- this is the first time that the universe is trying to teach you this lesson, you know, whatever this lesson is. Yeah. And it's and it's and it's gonna hit you. It's gonna hit you light, you know. And let's say the lesson is, you know, let's say the lesson is control your spending, right? And this is and it's gonna be like you've overdrafted your 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 checking account. Oh shit. Okay. That's this like light, little light knock. And there's so many different lessons that we can use this example for, but we'll keep going with this one. And nobody comes to the door. Right? So they're like, all right, well, they can't hear me. So you get a little bit, you know, and that's the, that's the fucking $4,000 credit card bill that shows up the next month. Oh, fuck. It, it hurts. You didn't learn your lesson yet, though. The universe is like, hey, you're going to fucking learn. Yeah. In, you're you're going to learn this lesson. I'm going to keep hitting you and I'm going to hit you harder and harder until you fucking learn. Yeah. And they don't come to the door yet. They must be in the basement. Maybe they're doing laundry. Maybe they got headphones on. So you give them the bang, 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 bang. You know, the fucking cop knock at the back of the baton. And that's the, you know, that's the fucking, you're getting sent to, to, to the credit agency delinquency. You know, that's the, Oh shit. I have to file bankruptcy because I can't, you know, I can't come back out of this, but you're going to keep getting hit with whatever that lesson is. And it's going to keep fucking hitting you harder and harder and harder. And if you have a failure, and you don't even take the time to try to look into yourself and look into that failure and see what the lessons are, man, you're going to make it way past that fucking next knock. yeah. Because you don't even realize what lessons you need to learn out of this situation are.
1: Yeah.
3: No, that's a, that's a good uh, analogy. <clears throat> I think we got, I mean, this, this past week, one of the, the big things that, you know, because I, gosh, I don't know how to put this together, but Sorry, it's morning. The So I've had a lot of teams come in from all over the place. Uh, now I'm dealing with international, but uh, a lot of teams coming in, a lot of people I'm talking to, they're talking about their employees, their business, and what's the main complaint that you hear from all businesses
0: now? Can't find any employees.
3: <clears throat> yeah, can't find any employees. And the employees that they get in are, they quit. When things get tough, they quit. Or unless, you know, you meet their terms for environment of work. Yep. They won't work, yep, so it's not always about the pay, it's about you know how they're being treated and you know how the work environment is and all that bullshit so um, so the thing we joke about is you know on the operator community, you've heard the saying that you know, you go to work and make uh, big rocks and little rocks, right? well, in the operations community, there's a saying that you know turning little rocks to big rocks, and that's what how people get overwhelmed is. And yeah, it's not even an issue of pettiness. It's if you really think about it, if, if you're training your kids up and your kids either are going to be susceptible to failure or they're going to, you know, fight, it's a fight or flight situation. But if you keep serving up your kids little rocks all the time, they'll start thinking that those little rocks are big rocks. They'll get overwhelmed the minute they hit any type of adversity and they'll fail right away. But if you start serving your kids up, Guess what? A little bigger rock and a little bigger rock. And if you ever watch that in one video, I don't know if it's an engineering video, but, you know, overseas how they, you know, chisel rock is you see this guy with a sledgehammer and a little chisel, right? And they go up to these big boulders. And this dude is like walking around the rock, just like hitting it. You're like, you're just, you're just hitting the rock. You're not even putting the chisel in, right? But he hits it in like the right spots and he hits it a few times. Creates a little bit of a crack, and all of a sudden he puts a chisel in it and hits a chisel in like four or five different places. And all of a sudden, this thing just boom, this massive boulder just falls apart. And that's what it's like in in life is like you got to teach your kids that, yeah, it's going to look like failure, but you got to keep swinging and you got to get to a point where you start making ways or making cracks, and then you can put a tool, put a chisel in. And you just you keep swinging, you keep hitting, and pretty soon those literally those big rocks become little rocks, and you look for something else bigger and apply the same same theories apply that in this our case that growth mindset to everything that you that you see and then you're able to overcome it's the whole operational thing of you know adapt and overcome so you know how do, how do you do that how do you train people. I mean, we talk about all the time giving adversity to your kids.
0: I I think that I think that before we even get to dishing up adversity or even not even it's not even dishing up adversity, life will dish up adversity to your kids. It's not yeah. nerfing them from the adversity. But before we even get to that point, I think we need to get into the the emotional corner of the square, right? And we need to look at that cuz why We fear failure. We do. It's 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 organic. It is in our DNA. It is it's it's bred into us through hundreds of thousands of years of evolution. We fear failure. But why do we fear failure? Well, we fear failure because it comes with negative emotions. Right. It comes with emotions of disappointment and shame and frustration. And anger, and all of these emotions we
2: interpret as negative emotions.
0: So, the first thing we need to do with our kids and with ourselves is we need to build the emotional awareness and the emotional intelligence to be able to recognize those emotions. And, like everything else we talk about, the mindfulness, right? the mindfulness to see those emotions, see them for what they are, let them do their thing, and then subside. Because
2: the emotion is like
0: the, the salty taste or the spicy taste, right? So Thanks. you eat some food, mm-hmm. you know, and that, that spicy pepper that, that was on your sandwich, it's gonna burn your mouth. But it's not gonna kill you. But it's gonna make you think before you take that next bite, did I enjoy that spicy flavor? Some yeah. people do, some people don't, right? Some people It spice is one of those things that it it's it's so relative to the person. I could eat something and think it's super spicy, and you could eat something and think it needs a lot more spice, right? Yeah. And it's like that spice. It's a it's an it's definitely a a feeling. We feel it in our mouth, we feel it sometimes in our throat, sometimes even in our belly, but it's just that it's just a feeling. It's, you're, it's yeah. not, it's not showing you that you're poisoned, right? It's not, yeah. it's not going to kill you. It's not going to, I mean, some people get a, you know, upset stomach from too much spice, but it's, it's not, it's not an end all. And that's what those emotions are. They're like, Hey, this emotion is here. You are disappointed in yourself. You feel frustrated. Yes. You know what I fucking do. Yeah. And once you realize it's just like so many other things we talk about, once you're able to see it, it kind of just dissipates, you know, like I was, I'm, I'm helping my 19 year old do ball joints on her car. Right. And this is a 2000, you know, something to get a ball joint, rusty ass Kia. Yeah, I do. Um, Two thousand something rusty ass fucking Kia, right? And first if off the line, I don't know if I would have liked working on this thing, but it's bad now, right? <laughs> it's bad. I have a fourteen hundred foot pound Milwaukee impact. And the bolts that hold the lower control arm in would not come out with that. Jeez. So I've Torture got a, or what? I've got a two foot breaker bar with a three foot steel pipe on the end of that breaker bar. And it's everything I got to get these to turn. But I try to keep steady pressure on them because I don't want to snap the fuckers off. Right? Yeah. And so I'm keeping steady pressure and the breaker bar flies off. I bet it happened 50 times. And my 19-year-old's there. My 10-year-old is there. And my dog is there with his ball, just wanting to play. He just sat in the ball, like, in front of you while you're trying to work. Yeah. And my initial... My initial point was every time that that that, that breaker bar flew off, I was frustrated, right? But it's like, my 19-year-old doesn't deal well with stressful situations. So she's getting more frustrated than I am, and she's sitting on a bucket watching me, you know? Yeah. And I was like, this is a lesson-learning experience. Because if I can keep my calm and I can stay
2: emotionally fine, she's going to see, like, you don't
0: need to get all stressed out when something is going hard. You just keep going, you know? And she's telling the dog, like, get away. We're You know, we're doing something. I'm like, just throw the ball. We're fine. We can throw the ball and then go back to taking the bolt off. And we eventually got it, but it was a
2: bitch.
1: Yeah. We
0: took some breaks. Jeez. But that was because I was emotionally intelligent enough to be able to see that it was a frustrating situation And once I realized, like once I was able to mindfully look at myself and go, You this is gonna it's gonna come off. You can be all bitchy and pissed off about it, or you can stay cool and enjoy this time that you're spending with your kids, then it's fine. Yeah. But it's that emotional intelligence. And I think that's the first thing we need to teach our kids. And 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 work on ourselves, which is why it's a big pill you know, big part of twenty five percent of being squared away.
1: Yeah. Damn.
3: I remember when I am a kid. My kids were little. I think I tossed a wrench or two. I'm yeah.
0: Probably I'm not saying I'm cool, cool, cool and calm like that every time.
3: <laughs> tossed a wrench or two, a few four letter words, and
0: yeah, yeah. No, I'm definitely not saying I'm cool and calm like that every time. But yesterday I was able to
3: <laughs> with the kids in front of you. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Um, so so, so with failure, so let's talk about comfortability because uh, one of our listeners had talked to me about how we talk about comfortability all the time. But you know, this listener said that. But we all have this innate, you know, desire to be comfortable.
2: Yep, we definitely so, do.
3: So, how do you cut draw that line? Okay, where is there comfortability versus, you know, trying to
0: put um, adversity in our, in your life? One big thing. I think there's a lot of different angles we can take on this one, but I'll say the first one is, I have trained myself. Over time, and it didn't take ten years. I'd say it took conscious effort of maybe a year. Yeah. To feel like if I am going to
2: be comfortable, it's earned
0: comfortability. I have to earn Ooh, that comfortability that's a good for one. myself. I have to versus like a nesting. Versus nesting. Versus, you know, if I had um I I I, I haven't done it just because I have Way too much shit going on, and I have kids and and life is always busy, and a lot of times we record on Sundays. But if I had a a, a six day work week where I busted my ass all six days, I would feel completely fine doing absolutely nothing on Sunday.
2: Well, wow. because I earned that. But I'm honest with myself when I've earned it and when I'm just
0: feeling lazy. And I think that was that that's one. Um, thing that I have done that has helped with my comfortability. Cause I'm a, I'm a, my, my base model, my base model of coming out of, of childhood is lazy. I am. A lot of people are not a lot of people that listen to this podcast. A lot of people in the self-improvement game, a lot of people that, that, that listen to us and, and kind of are in our, you know, larger group are yeah. not, they're just, they're ADD type people. They're people that always have to be moving. That's not me. My my
2: default programming is lazy.
1: Well, then and you gotta fight. How
3: often you gotta fight that every day? Um, every week.
0: When does it creep up on? you? It creeps up on me when I'm not when I haven't engineered my time. So my time is is engineered to a point where I don't have that much free time to be lazy because i have time dedicated things right i have specific things that have to be done on mondays i have specific things that have to be done for weekend rentals with the trailer business i have specific things that have to be done for this podcast to come out on sunday these are all time you know dependent things um so i would say where it creeps up the worst is when something is not time dependent when something is just, um, I can do it whenever.
2: That's where it creeps up the worst. No. Oh. So I would say, you know, my default programming is procrastinate.
1: Hmm. I wouldn't have known that.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's and and it's just like my it's just like my eating, like I talk about with my food. My default programming is junk food. It's calor- calorically dense you know, garbage and that's why I was overweight my entire life. Well, from third grade to 27 years old. Yeah. Um, but I, but when I became aware of that default programming and I, and I was true to myself with who I am and what I am, then I was able to engineer my diet so that it's not in my hands anymore. It's in my hands when I'm thinking about it, when I'm, when I'm you know, deciding what I'm going to meal prep, when I'm deciding what I'm going to eat for the week. That's when it's in my hands. It's not in my hands when it's noon and it's time to eat lunch. Because if it's in my hands when it's noon and it's time to eat lunch, it's not going to be a positive decision.
3: So when you're uh, heading out to get that Dairy Queen Blizzard on, the, on a weekend, <clears throat> you feel better because you've earned that by if I have having a good diet through the week.
0: Yeah, if I have you know, and that's being honest with yourself. Yeah. You know, if you didn't cheat three days a week, if you didn't add stuff to your meal, you know, my, what gets me sometimes is I heat up my lunches at a gas station, a quick trip. It's a chain around us. If you're not around here, you don't even know what the fuck it is, but it's a, it's a pretty big gas station chain. And I heat up my lunch in their microwave cause I'm on the road all day. Yeah. Um, so twice a day I go in and I heat up my lunches and I, I feel guilty not buying something so I always buy something you know sometimes it's a, just a, a ranch dressing packet to put on you know my chicken um sometimes it's a gallon of water and sometimes it's something not good for me and that I have to that's a conscious thought I have to always yeah. be having
3: it's hard to walk in there dude <clears throat> these convenience stores and they got all that uh hot dextrose laden food it smells so good when you get in there yeah you don't just feel like picking up. Oh, I could probably suck that. You know, yeah, that cheeseburger down. Yeah, that breakfast sandwich.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, it, and and you're right. And they've got a good thing going, and the food tastes delicious. Um, because I am low carb, usually for me it's like um, like a a cheddar worst, right? Just like a cheddar worst by itself. The one no on bun. the rollers, the rollers, yeah, like a roller <laughs> cheddar worst. If I'm raw if I'm, protein, if I'm cheating, it's a it's a roller cheddar worst with you know in the little cardboard tray with a bunch of mustard on the other end. Damn, wait till you go a Bucky's here. Oh, so I like Bucky's, but I was never, I'm not in love with anything we've ever had from there. Like, are you serious? Yeah, it's good. The it's fine. Brisket
3: is uh, it's
0: fine. It's fine brisket. Damn good man. Yeah, it's fine brisket, but it's not like. I'm gonna go out of my way to go to Bucky's to get brisket, like there's multiple barbecue joints I would stop at first before oh, yeah. I would go to Bucky's um but it is cool, it's a cool place like it's it's massive, just the massive amount <laughs> of you know hundreds of gas pumps in a one fucking gas station like yeah. we all, whenever we go down <laughs> south, we will like detour from where we're at to go see a Bucky's yeah, but but yeah, so failure you know, failure bring it back to failure
2: um. The comfortability, earn your comfort, have enough emotional intelligence to
0: be true to yourself, whether you earned that comfortable afternoon or that, you know, laying on the couch and watching a movie or whatever your comfort is, right? Everybody's got, everybody's got their comfort.
3: Earn your comfort versus build your comfort.
0: Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a reward for your output. It's not. It's not your, your default programming. You can't allow it to be your default programming. So you're, not if, working for, you're not working for comfort. You are working to achieve your goals. Comfort is the little bit of, of dog treat at the end of a, of a work day or a work hour or whatever it is.
3: What if your schedule in your home is your comfort?
0: Elaborate so. on that question.
3: So if people get out of their schedule, right? Or they get away from home, let's say people that travel and they start getting anxiety because they're out of their schedule or home because that's where they place all their comfort. <clears throat> How is that? Is that I think those are is two different positive?
0: I think those are two different things. Um because we are very much routine humans. And when I'm on a day where I'm not in my routine, yeah. everything feels a little different. And I do forget to take my vitamins, or I forget to do something that I needed that I do every day. Yeah, because I'm out of routine, because I'm such a routine individual. So is that the schedule that you mean? You mean like that type of schedule, or what do you mean?
3: No, oh, I'd probably say the same. I mean, this is yeah, the question coming from the listener. So, um, like to me, there's a schedule. Yep. I mean, my schedule flexes most of the time. I yeah. do have standard meetings. Um, but the other things that are in my daily schedule are just routine disciplines. So let's say I forget to take a supplement. Yeah. Therefore I look at it as like, oh, it's, it's taking supplements. Isn't a comfortability thing. It's not like, I like sucking down a ton of pills and washing them down. Right. No. So I'm talking about like a schedule or getting away from the comforts of being at home, sitting on your sofa, you know, watching TV or something.
0: Yeah. So. So the home thing, the home thing is interesting because home, home and schedule, you know what it is? You know why home and schedule are comfort? Because you know, you know what home is. Yeah. You know that you're not going to have to deal with any odd, you know, people, any, anything that you're not aware of. And it's the same with schedule. It is your comfortability because you know where you need to be, when you need to be, versus if you were just winging it right now this one is hard for me to talk to because i'm i'm a wing it my wife is a scheduler so like even when we go on a vacation she would like to know exactly where we are going to you know when we're going to leave a certain place to go to another place and not not to the point of like we're going to leave this restaurant and go here but like like you know a lot of times we'll try to hit multiple cities on one trip because we don't leave town that often. So it'll be like, all right, well, when, when are we going to leave, you know, when are we going to leave Atlanta to drive over to, you know, North Carolina? And I'm like, I don't know, like Wednesday, Thursday. And like, that is not, that's not cool for her. That gives her fucking anxiety. So I think that that is probably more of what people are talking about when they're talking about home and schedule being their comfort. It's because it's the known versus the unknown. So if we break it down to known versus unknown, how do you get more
2: confident in the unknown? Right?
0: Maybe that would be changing your outlook of, I know I'm going to do this to, I know I'm going to have fun doing whatever I'm doing, or I know I'm going to put my, my best effort in whatever, whatever they throw at me today, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to kill it. I'm going to take on whatever challenge hits me today versus I know I can do so and so task at work. So and so task at work. So and so task at work. Yeah. Right. Like I'm, I don't know what challenge I'm going to meet today, but I can guarantee I'm going to give it my best. So that I think maybe that's internal locust of control versus external locust of control. And if you change your locust of control into your internal locust of control, you know That whether you're home or you're somewhere 100 miles away, you're going to enjoy yourself. You're going to accomplish something. You are going to have a good time. Even though you don't know what is going to come at you. Right. Right?
3: Yeah, and I think that's, you know, I don't know if it's a a difference in the way gender thinks and the way that emotional is or emotions play. Like, you know, I'm, I'm like you, when I, when I go, when I leave the state and let's say I go on vacation or something, I don't, I I can't plan a schedule. I have a guideline of what everything's going to look like because, you know, I I guess from history and my training is like, you can plan for anything, but guess what? Nothing ever goes as planned. Yeah, And if you're very dead set on that specific plan, you're going to have a lot of expectations. And what happens when failures hit is those expectations aren't met. And then all of a sudden everything spirals into this, you know, snowball of negativity. So whenever I go somewhere, it's like I have a guideline. Okay, I'm going to find which gyms are in the area. These are my options. I always have two, three options whenever I go to a, a place that I haven't been before. And these are the places that I can eat without, you know, having to stop at a Krispy Kreme's or Dunkin' Donuts, right? And I have that, and that's my guideline. Those are my choices for the three to five days that I'm there. And guess what? Things may go bad. I may end up, you know, delayed in an airport, and I'm going to have to eat a meal at the airport. So what? I'll find somewhere, you know? If it's a shitty airport, then I may have to go, God help us, go to McDonald's and, you know, unwrap and dismantle a burger just to, you know, get some crude protein in.
0: Oh, dude, I bet. I bet a double quarter pounder with bacon and cheese wrapped in lettuce would be fucking amazing. I bet it'd be great. Uh, Those burgers are so juicy. They're so injected with so much random (laughs) shit. I bet that's so good.
3: Yeah, I tried that with Burger King, just on a side note, and thinking, oh, you know, I love that flame That smell. I think the smell is better. I think the smell is
0: better than the fucking taste.
3: Uh, You know, fuck the bun. I'm just going to eat, you know, the, quote, vegetables and the burger. Well, sure enough, that night ended up being you know freaking diarrhea city. So, quality of meat was my lesson there.
0: Yep, yep.
3: But going back is like you know I, I can plan for anything in life, but when you train, you train that. Hey, guess what? Nothing. You train like nothing's gonna go right. But my instincts. I'm just gonna go with that. This is how I'm going to operate through that adversity when it, when it does come. Then you're not surprised when it hits, and you're not depressed or you're not you know off the handle and throwing wrenches around
2: i wonder i would be curious um
0: the people that are in the situation that the listener asked about i would be curious where their self-confidence is because i feel like i feel like competence and confidence are very much the driver of being comfortable in any situation, right? Yeah. If you're confident that you can step up and and figure out, right, if you can problem-solve your way out of anything, um, then your comfort isn't just at home. Your comfort is in you. Your comfort is in your ability to problem-solve, not in the lack of problems that you're going to Ooh, I think that's where it is. I think that's where the difference is. I think it is your confidence in you being able to take on anything that comes at you versus the person who has the comfort at home, their confidence is they're not going to have to take on anything. I think that that's where the two differences is. So I think that if you can if you can gain your competence, which is going to increase your confidence in being able to take on anything that comes at you, yeah. Then that that comfort is going to be in you, not in the lack of having to actually take on anything. Yeah. I think that in a 10-minute conversation, I think we just broke it down. I think we just figured it out.
1: Yeah. No, I think that's uh, that's
3: good because I, I never try to train my kids to, like, this is the way that things have to be done. I try to train my kids to, you have to be adaptable. You know, um, yesterday I was in a, conversation with my oldest daughter and you know my kids always bring it up uh you know we talk about the five love languages and um uh, my daughter yesterday was like oh there's you know I think you taught us that there's six love languages I'm like what and the six love languages is eating good quality food <laughs> <I'm like, laughs> what does that mean it's like yeah you know I, with, with, with my boyfriend I gotta you know I kind of tell them about that is, you know, I have to have good quality food. And I was like, well, I, I kind of brought you guys up so that, and I always tell my 11-year-old this is when we try new food. Is like, you, you you don't know what the world's going to you know, be like in 10 years, 20 years from now. So you're going to have to get to a point where you, you can never say that, well, I just, I can't eat that because of the texture. Because I said, when sometimes you get into certain parts of the world and you see this poverty and you join in on that, it's like, you know what? Now I have to change my mindset to it's not about the texture, it's not about the taste, it's about sustenance and nutrition. And through that, you realize that, oh, there's all this great fucking food out there, right? You're like, wow, I never tried this before. It might sound completely asinine, like, you know, like tripe. (laughs) I know a lot of people don't like it. It's not like I sit down with a bowl of tripe and just suck it down like, oh. But once I started telling myself, I was like, you know what? There's a lot of, you know, health benefits to it. Yeah, throw in some soup and try it. Yeah, it took a few, but I'm still not going to go out and order a big jar of tripe and just, you know, suck it down. But I learned that it's like, it makes it a lot easier to adapt when I go to a different country or a different culture. And just be like, you know what? It's not, it's not a big rock to me. It's just a little rock. I'll just, I'll order this, and I'm fine. And then I can focus on, you know, other things. Where some people can't get past those little rocks. They're such big rocks that they're, they're paralyzed. It's almost like uh, paralysis by analysis. They just overanalyze something. Sometimes you just, you know what? You just got to do it.
0: Tripe is the gut lining, right? It's the yeah. Stomach lining. Yeah, that's what I thought. I. Uh,
3: it looks like it's just rubbery noodles. It, it, what and, it tastes and, like.
0: And that was a there was there was a guy that asked um, when I was getting beef for people. There was a guy's like, "Can I get the tripe?" And I'm like, "Fuck what?" Oh, <laughs> really? like I didn't even know what the fuck it was. <laughs> I didn't know people. Asked I'm like, for I'm it. not even asking the butcher for that. I was like, I'm not because I have to call the but right I have to get cutting instructions and I have to call the butcher and give him the instructions. I'm like, I'm like, I'll ask.
3: I didn't ask. Oh man. <laughs> But going back to adaptability, it's like, that's, you know, I talk to my kids about failure, like, you know, there's a W and an L after every game. And that L is not a loss. It's not a failure. It's a lesson learned. And if you can treat your yourself, your mindset, as being adaptable versus, okay, a lot of people put in, this is the stuff I like and don't like, and this was a conversation I had at dinner with, you know, with people this week is, you know, life is like um, Cold Stone Creamery. If you've ever eaten at Cold Stone Creamery, it's the that they make the homemade ice cream on the- Have
0: I ever eaten at Cold Stone Creamery? The Cold Stone. <laughs> for
3: those of you that haven't, you know, they have like a million flavors, and it's. I think they make the ice cream fresh. I think they have like a two- or three-day shelf life to them. And when you ask them for, you know, whatever cock-flavored ice cream or something, they'll- Take a scoop of this, they'll put it on that cold stone, they'll mix in the flavor, and boom, they'll throw it in three different sizes, right? They have a a gotta have it size, they have the love it size, and they got the like it size. And the thing is, you you can't live your life and they gotta have it. I think that's where, you know, that the negative comfortability plays in is like, oh, I I gotta have this because if I don't have this, then I'm paralyzed, I'm stuck. You know, I've learned and tell my kids that it's like, you gotta be in the like it. I, I'd like a lot of things. Sure, I'd like to hop in a Lamborghini and, you know, do 150 down the highway, but I don't gotta have it. I don't love it. It's just, I like it. Sure. But I'm not tied to it.
0: If the situation arises, mm-hmm. I will surely partake and I will surely enjoy it. Tripe? Uh, the Lamborghini <laughs> is what I was going for. But, um,
3: That's right. We're going to go get tripe then.
0: Yeah. Yeah, sure. We're going to go get tripe. Um, no, I, I, I like that. I like that with the idea of, and, and we talk about that with spending and finances and stuff is, yeah, there's a lot of stuff that we would enjoy having, Yeah, but only to a certain extent where it's not negatively affecting our mental health, our, our goals, right? Cause we yeah. both have, we both have goals that do involve some financial aspects you know, and, um, and that's, that's a, that's a good way to look at not just finances, but everything else too. If yeah. I can, if I can make that happen, that would be really cool, but I'm not going to, you know, give up my life to make it happen.
3: Right. Well, look at, look at the little, uh, examples, like you talked about planning a vacation, right? Your wife's a planner, you got to wing it. So take What you've observed at Disney World, right? Disneyland, Disney World, I don't know. Whichever one's in Florida. Whichever coast, yeah. Yeah. You get there and there's a lot of families that are in the gotta have it serving, right? They gotta get all this stuff done because you know you're at Disney World. and, And what does it look like? You see crowds of miserable parents. And the kids are almost as miserable because some days it's like, you know, it's 80 degrees and humid. And these people are standing in line forever. And even if you have what uh what's that the express pass or whatever they it's call it it's still
0: forever they completely changed it now
3: yeah because everybody else is getting it and then okay. you got to find the next express thing and by the end of the day did they how you know what fraction of that day have they really built memories and what fraction of that had they just created this unnecessary just drive each other nuts you know mom and dad probably aren't even sleeping in the same bed that night because they're pissed off at each other and the wallet is completely empty because, you know, he paid for those $20 hot dogs for the kids, right? So, you know, sometimes it's like, you know, you got to pivot from that. It's like, well, you know what, maybe we go to the, the park later so that we can catch the light show and catch a couple rides. But, you know, you can only go round and round on a freaking plastic elephant for so long.
0: And here's a, here's a public service announcement for people that are going to go to Disney. I'm sure it's the same <laughs> in California, but the Disney in Florida. The absolute best part, I won't say everyone because everyone's not the same, but the absolute best part of our trips to Disney have always been the light and fireworks show.
3: Oh, at night, at night on the castle. Yeah, at night. If you, I, I agree. That's probably if you worth
0: it. are there, right? Because you're going to probably most people go early because you try to get your rides in, and then you're beat by three. Go back to the hotel or go back to the house you're staying at. Rest, eat dinner and then come back at 8 or 9 or whenever it's going to show up a half an hour before the, before the light show, it is the most amazing. It, you feel like a kid again because you are wowed. Yeah. You are wowed. They shine projector lights all over the castle, and they make it look like all different buildings from all different Disney movies, or they make it look like a rocket, and they make it look like it's shooting up off into the sky. It's, it, it is absolutely amazing. The way that the Imagineers have built that show.
3: And they've got the music in the background. It's pretty nice. But yeah, if you've got little kids, make sure yeah you're doing what Paul's saying. Because guess what? If you spend the whole day there and it's a hot, long day, they're waiting in line. By the time that light show hits, if you're pushing that stroller, that kid is sleeping through that show. Because he's, he or she is just beat from the days. Take that time. I don't know. Personally... I wouldn't do that. I would just go later because, I'll, I'll be honest. I get anxiety when I go on that freaking immigrant boat from when you get in. <laughs> that crosses over.
0: You can take the tram. You okay. don't have to take the boat.
3: All right, I'll take the tram because otherwise, I feel like I'm, uh, you know, I'm gonna die because that's like freaking hazard. You
0: can't swim. I you can swim, how? but
3: not if like you know a million people all of a sudden drop into in the water.
0: Yeah. You ever <laughs> seen a boat just drop in? They sink slowly. You got plenty of time to swim away All from right,
3: it. I no, there's... Okay, there's just no point of exit for me. That's really <laughs> great because they're packed like sardines in that thing.
0: So. Well, you know what? We prepare for the worst. And preparing for the worst means if that fucker Ticking starts to sink, you jump off and you start to <laughs> swim before everybody else starts to drag your ass down.
3: Yeah, that's true. You get on top of the pile of bodies.
0: Yep. Um... Wow, we did 57 minutes and got into the first three sections of notes. Um, Failure's the let's big at least thing, make man. it the, the rest of the way through failure. Um, another, another thing that helps with failure is focusing on effort, focusing on your input, not focusing on the output. And I know we've talked about that not just in failure, but we've talked about that in, in, a, in a lot of life. Is if if you put right if if the bucks in your example spent as much time as they could and as much energy as they could and they put their best effort forward and they just didn't win that game, then they know. They can go to sleep at night and they're like, hey, you know, I am confident in what I put into this game. And it, you know, somebody else was just better. And guess what? The fucking hard truth about life is there's always
2: somebody that's just better. Yeah.
0: That's I think even if you're the top five people at something in the world, there's still somebody that is going to be better on a day when you're not. Yeah.
3: But why compare yourself, right?
0: Yeah. If you know that you put the absolute best effort that you had that day in, then you fucking go to sleep comfortable. Yeah. Learn your lesson. What could you have done? What could you have done? Maybe maybe you stayed up a little bit too late the night before, you know, maybe you went into a work meeting. And you put your best effort forward, but you, were, you didn't put your best effort as far as your preparation. And somebody else was more prepared than you, or you weren't prepared enough, right? So
3: That's part of the best thing about being squared away is like, you know, you're focused on bettering, improving yourself. Yeah. And by doing that, you're not comparing yourself to anybody else's standards. You have to create a standard for yourself. You know, you're not going to be like anyone else. You know, when you're a teenager, you always want to be like that celebrity. You always want to be like that athlete. Well, once you kind of
2: grow out of that, you realize, like, oh, you need to be the best version of you
3: with, you know, the
1: things you're given.
2: So. And don't ever not do something
0: because of the chance of failure. The guy who started Starbucks heard... No, from two hundred and sixty-eight banks, before he heard yes.
2: You know, Thomas Edison. What
0: was it? Ten thousand ways. I didn't know that. Yeah, it was ten thousand. He's because the the his famous saying is, "I didn't fail ten thousand times. I figured out ten thousand ways not to make a light bulb."
3: Yeah, it's a good saying, right? I didn't know he said that. Jeez. Yeah. Where where'd they record that?
0: Well, it maybe that could just be one of those that's totally fucking hokey, but he it was 10,000 different ways that he tried before he found the right way to keep the filament burning constantly. Yeah. Or for, you know, more than a minute or two. So, yeah, realize. That's, that's
3: one story I probably would say is like the the Wright brothers. Yeah. I'd like to know what their failures were like. Cuz the risk was high.
0: It, the risk was very high. Um I feel like you, with, with, with trying to invent something with such high risk, you're you're incrementally testing, right? So if you can get it to stay off the ground for 10 minutes, your next goal is really just 12 minutes, right? Yeah. Your, next, your next goal from 10 minutes isn't to fly across the fucking state. Your next goal after 10 minutes is 12 minutes, right? It's, it's small yeah. incremental improvements until all of a sudden, which that's how you, you know, bring it back to the physical in, in this being squared away. That's how you add weight to your lifts. That's how you add muscle. You don't go from benching 135 to benching 225. It just—it's not how you do it. Yeah. You run cycles of of adding 10 pounds every four weeks.
3: Yeah. No, that's exactly right.
0: And how? Can, and and let's transition that into life. You know, you know mean fucking. You know me. I wouldn't say business failures, but you know me, businesses I've started and then closed down because they just weren't profitable enough.
2: multiple
0: some because i lost interest some because there was no profit it's really hard to keep interest if there's no profit if it if you're doing it as a business um the one thing i'll say is i still have just as much interest in this podcast as i did from day one and we don't make any fucking money from this podcast but it gives us a reason to converse and to research and to talk to people that we would never have a chance to talk to When when would you call somebody that you don't know that is an expert in something like you know toxic family and just be like, hey, let's talk for an hour? Oh yeah, you just wouldn't do that. Yeah, but I think that's good. That's a wrap. We'll get into uh, we'll get into the comparison in one of the next episodes. We wanted to talk about um, comparison in life and comparing yourself to others versus just um, looking at your internal self because not just in social media but in all aspects of life we're getting so piss poor with comparing ourselves to others but that's for sure man we'll dig into that later I think that's a wrap